Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You know, one of the reasons I gravitated to radio was the chance to sort of expand on things, right? You know, in TV, things are limited. You have like a 90-second piece and you get a couple of sound bites or you have a small panel for a Sunday show that's six minutes. Everyone gets to say one thing. But this this next two segments, it's not going to give justice to the work done on it. We're going to do the best we can. Uh, Keith Fanoff from ctmirror.org, you can go there. He wrote a three-part series really focusing on the fiscal guardrails that were established you know, some seven years ago and the impact on the state and not just on the budget, on you and me and social services and a whole bunch of other stuff. And so it's we. there's no way we'll get to every nuance in it, but we're going to do the best we can to – and you should go. It's a heavy lift. You should go to ctmary.org and, and give it a read because uh, it's worth it. Uh, Keith joins us now on Brian & Company. Keith, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me, Brian. Yeah. it's. I mean, listen, anytime people put in the time – like this, it we need to talk about it as much as we can. So I'm glad to have you on, and and I'm glad to talk about the pieces. I, I you know, I, I think we should start sort of generally. I mean, the question really is, you know, everyone sort of defaults to, yeah, the guardrails, you know, have you know really made Connecticut so strong fiscally. But is it the the type of thing where we we can't talk about it as an unqualified success? That's I I, I really think. Thank you, Brian. I think that's more than anything though why i wrote the series because you know when you get into the political arenas of of course there's always going to be rhetoric usually on every single side of a debate more than anything i'd want to emphasize this is not a debate about keeping the guardrails or repealing them any more than if you found out you woke up one day and you were hot in your home you wouldn't go downstairs at the end of January and rip your furnace out of the house. You might change the thermostat, but you wouldn't abandon the entire system. And this is simply an article or a series of articles addressing the question, are the guardrails properly calibrated Hmm. or do they need some adjustment? Okay. So, so now that's out of the way. The premise isn't to get rid of the guardrails, but maybe that things need to be done to shift it. So let's get about let's get into the issues, you know, at hand. You know what? There's some unintended consequences, maybe, or maybe they're not unintended. But where where the collateral damage, if you will, where is it most acute? Sure. Well, if you go back to your your opening, uh, I don't want to say premise because you weren't making the argument, but just the statement you said, which is, you know, are they an unqualified success? They are absolutely a success if you're judging them based on the rainy day fund. We have $3.3 billion in our reserves. We had about $200 million before them. 
Now, we had an unqualified success in our pension fund. We've made $7.7 billion in supplemental appropriation. Uh, but if you're looking at our Medicaid rates, where in some cases we rank 42nd out of 50 states and what we pay certain doctors to treat the poor, um, now we can start saying, okay, I'm not sure that the guardrails are working perfectly. You know, we've raised uh, tuition in a lot of our higher ed systems by close to 10% or more um, over the last two years. I don't know if people would say that's been an unqualified success. Um, we're debating whether or not we can give up 1 23rd of 1% of this year's budget surplus. Um, to help elderly folks uh, and other uh, households in need that can't afford to heat themselves this winter. Those are the areas where I think it's sort of debatable. And I also have to put a quick qualification, sure, Brian. Sure. The guardrails alone didn't produce our prosperity. That's not giving any credit to the fact that the money that's being it, that's come pouring in when the stock market rebounded in 2018. Yep comes from those tax rate hikes that everybody hated in 2011 and 2015. There's nothing to catch by the guardrails if we first didn't have the higher tax rates to catch that money. You'd, you'd still have the guardrails, and you could say they've absolutely helped us avoid deficits, but the big surpluses, there, there were no tax increases as part of the guardrails. Right. Yeah, listen, let's put a pin in that because I, I want to get to some of the stuff that Governor Lamont said and some other elements, you know, of the downside or what those that extra money that gets scooped up. Uh, we're here with Keith Fana from CT Mirror. And again, you can read the pieces. Just grab a cup of coffee, sit down and read them at ctmirror.org. We'll take a quick break here at 8.40. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
Get back at it with Keith Faniff from CT Mirror, and you go to ctmirror.org and you can read the three-piece series, really focusing on the guardrails. And, you know, it, it, there's a lot of numbers, and it's often confusing to the layperson, but, you know, one thing, of all the billions that were spent paying down the pension liabilities, I know it's going to be another 25 years or so before it's, you know, totally in check. Having said that, the it's saving a couple hundred million dollars a year in debt service, so what about Lamont sort of pushed back and said, listen, if we didn't do that, then we'd have to pluck a couple hundred million out of every budget and it would be worse. What about that logic? Yeah, Brian, that's absolutely true. We are paying down. One thing, though, that's confusing to folks is our pension payments that are required are not down $650 million from last year's. They're simply $650 million less than they otherwise would be. They're still increasing. We got in so much pension trouble that I've been talking about on TIC for more than a decade, <laughs> okay? It's still very good. And of course, it's better to pay $650 million less a year. But here's where I'm going. We're going to be paying on our unfunded pension debt until 2051. So it's one thing if you say, well, listen, some other programs are going to have to hold their breath for a year or two until we're done with this. But can your school systems hold its breath until 28 more years have passed? Yeah. The point is, is the thermostat set properly? So, and we're talking with Keith Fanner from CT Mirror. So, so the real question is, I mean, again, when you look at it on paper from a, from a budgetary standpoint, you look, well, and, you know, this gets into the conversation about whether Lamont will run for a third term. He's like, if he's going to be in the black for the next five years, why not? But, you know, what can be done? Because it seems like, I don't want to say guardrails and then use the term like third rail, but it seems that there was a ton of initiatives in last year's budget that seemed worthy that really didn't get funded because we need to be so conservative, we're told, about this stuff. Like what what can be done in the session to to tweak it without compromising the framework? Well, let me give you an example, Brian. In the first seven years, okay, one savings program alone, one the volatility adjustment, the big savings program that says we can't spend all of the revenue we get from unstable sources like capital gains and dividends. That has saved an average of $1.3 billion a year, or about 7% of the entire budget. Some folks are saying, wait a minute, what if we spent one point, excuse me, what if we saved $1.1 billion extra per year? to put on the pension pile and had another $200 million to spend on programs that have been battered by a pandemic that didn't exist when we set up the guardrails. That's the conversation. So I, don't, I just don't want it to be honest to slip into that thing of, so we're saying let's abandon this. Right. I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't carve last year $30 million, which is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of one percent. So that's just savings. Keith. That's just because of the, the poor last year. That's just because the rules said they couldn't, or they were like, well, we, we shouldn't. I mean, it was it an actually so, couldn't, or was it a shouldn't? There is a mechanism if you want to. If the governor agrees and three fifths of both houses agree, you can. We always build in almost any type of a spending cap, savings program, an emergency valve. It was the political decision was. Once you start down this path, you won't deviate from it. It's sort of a, a, a fear that what happened in decades and decades past, once you get going, 
will go. And it's easy, by the way, these rules were set in 2017 um, uh, when we didn't have any money. Let's put it that way. We didn't have anything. So nobody envisioned when they set these rules that, hey, we might actually come into a big boom period. So the question then becomes, are we, are we holding too much? I'll just point out very quickly. We set a threshold, Brian, in 2017, and that turned out to be one of the weakest economic years for the state. And we said, okay, that'll be considered a normal year. And anything that outperforms a normal year, we have to save it all. Well, what happens if the, the year we set as normal turned out to be the third worst performing of the last 15 years, turned out to be very sickly financially, and we've called that normal, and everything above that we can't spend. We might be siphoning money year after year after year out of programs we don't mean to. Right. You know, we're talking with By the way, it's not just the poor. A lot of people are concerned economic development is suffering right. because of this. Yeah, and I think education needs a like a... I've talked, I've mentioned this to Lamont. I think you need sort of like a moonshot for, you know, the infrastructure of our schools, but that's a conversation for another day. We're talking with Keith Fanner from ctmirror.org. Uh, just a couple questions here. You know, one is how do we know? So, say the stock market doesn't have boom days, but, you know, is all the COVID money filtered out of the system now, or is that still coursing through the, the, the veins of the state? There's still a couple hundred million dollars, but out of out of about two point eight billion that have not been committed or expended, um, most of it's gone. The expectation is by the end of the next fiscal year, and not just Connecticut. I want to. That's not a, a mistake of Connecticut. Sure. Every state. That's when the ARPA dollars, as they're known as, are basically going to be gone. Okay, so that so it's still there, but it's much smaller than it was, like say a year ago. It's almost all gone already. Let's just be clear: there's almost nothing left. And the other thing I was thinking, and again, this is not so much contained in in what I've read from you, but I'm curious: what if you put there's a cap on the rainy day fund, but what if there was sort of like a floor, and you could use the difference to to fund some other stuff? So say, for instance, they said you can't go below two billion in your rainy day fund. You can't go above three point whatever billion. But you know you can use some of that money in in between to help some of these programs. Well, keep in mind you don't want to keep your rainy day fund too high for two reasons. Not just because one, you're holding the taxpayers' money, but the rainy day fund has to sort of be kept fluid, Brian. So it's not the best use of your money. For example. If you once you fill up the rainy day fund, there's a reason we then put money in the pensions because if the stock market has a good year, a good year now, not I'm not saying this is every year, you could make 10, 11, 12 percent. You're not going to make that, you know, getting basic interest savings, you know, on the rainy, the day, rainy fund. day fund. Right. So it, it's you're you're not making the most effect. Even if you want to save the money, there are more effective uses than keeping it in the rainy day fund. But you're still talking about the same thing some other people are questioning now, which is we're not talking about let's not save more aggressively. The question is simply could we save slightly, marginally less aggressively and siphon off some money very quickly? Give you two exaggerated examples. What if we said everything above $1 in revenue that comes into the state is volatile and can't be spent? Everything above one dollar. It's a ludicrous example, but that would shut down state government if they only had one dollar to spend every year and everything else went into the bank. 
By the same definition, if we set the threshold at $1 trillion, we have a $26 billion state budget. We're not getting to a trillion anytime soon, I promise you. Then we wouldn't save a penny. We're simply debating where is the optimal setting. And the fear is that a setting that was made and cast in stone back in 2017 when they were at the end of a 10-month budget battle, excuse me, nine months, and trying to wrap things up before Halloween and before Governor Malloy cut back on aid to towns, a, a, a setting they did not have time to research is the appropriate setting. But because it's been successful in piling up money, the political will has been don't even look at it, don't even look at it. And now people are starting to say, hey, wait a minute. If you're a, a person on Husky and God forbid you have the wrong illness, the odds of you finding a doctor willing to take you because of the Medicaid money we're paying right. is next to nil. We have people who are effectively uninsured. For every dollar we're giving nursing homes, we're taking away a dollar plus in inflationary adjustments. And then we're wondering, why do we have all these issues with the care of our grandparents? Um, at some point, you have to be brave enough to simply look at the numbers right. and make sure, okay, maybe it's set just fine. Yeah, you know, it, it's what's fascinating is that nobody's really at fault. On one side, you're like, man, nobody wants to go back to what it was, so you so you want to be conservative about it. But at the same time, you're like, we have all this money, and there's got to be a middle ground. And you know, then the other side says, well, we, if we help somebody, then we're going to start this pattern and go down the road to helping everybody. I mean, you understand the push and pull, but it, you know, from reading the piece, there seems like there should be some wiggle room in the middle. We we have literally 20 seconds before I get bounced here. Is there any sense that this will be addressed, or is did you just create this in a vacuum, hoping that people pay attention? I think it will be eventually addressed. It'll, the debate will start this year. I think it will continue because at some point, Brian, this will start interfering with town aid. And then every legislator, regardless of parties, will start speaking up in future years because nobody's bringing home less money. Yeah, Great stuff, Keith. We appreciate the time and good work. Go to ctmirror.org to read it. for having me. Yeah, anytime, Keith. Be well. Have a good day. Keith Fanoff from CT Mirror. Read it. I mean, it's a lot. It's a heavy lift, but it's worth it, especially if you want to know, you know, both sides of that story. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.